Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. We usually say that we are either infected or affected. What do I mean? If these false religious groups do not come to you to distort what you believe, they can actually affect someone who is so dear to you. Maybe your mother, maybe your father, maybe your husband or your wife, or your dear friend. So we really do not take things for granted. And I'll begin by sharing a story of this young girl that I met sometime as I do my ministry with the girls. I work with universities, I work with schools, I work with churches. So I meet this young girl called Fiona. That is not her true name. Uh, called Fiona. This is a poor girl who came in from the village, traditional village. She comes to Kampala for school or university. And when she comes to the university, she meets these friends who introduce her to a certain fellowship that has an apostle. And which apostle twists the scriptures to teach things that are contrary to what the Bible teaches. And when Fiona enters into this fellowship, she's introduced to Deuteronomy 28. Before I go any further, whatever I'm speaking in context to Fiona is falsehood. Whatever they are telling her to do is not in line with what the Bible teaches. But anyways, they introduce her to Deuteronomy 28. And they are telling her, you know you are the head and not the tail. So you must succeed in whatever you do, even without any effort. She doesn't even need to study for exams. She and her friends are now little gods, teachings at this so-called fellowship. They are also telling them, you know what, you are Christ's. And they are encouraging them and telling them, you know, you are, you're supposed to be leaders wherever you go. You have the power to command even the creation to obey you. And eventually, this so-called group, some of us might even be knowing it before I, can, before I even mention the name, it eventually swallows up this young girl who came from, you know, from the village. She grew up in an Anglican setting. And for her, some of these things, she's hearing them for the first time. And now she's so destabilized, she's confused. Whatever is told to her ends up ruining her relationship with her family. It ruins her relationship with her friends. And of course, it destabilizes her in her school. Remember, they are telling her, you don't even need to study for exams. The Spirit will remind you of everything that you have been studying. So you don't even need to read. As she's now being destabilized, some other friends now lead her to another fellowship. Kind of exciting fellowship. And in this fellowship still, there is a popular prophet. And this prophet also promises that wealth and supernatural experiences will happen to whoever follows him. And these people who follow this so-called prophet are called the remnants. But as you go about this fellowship, you have to pay this guy money 
you have to honor him. And of course, as people do the honoring, they practically bow down. They worship this man. And some of them even end up kissing his shoes. Another fellowship being introduced to poor Fiona. As she's now trying to, you know, a lot is happening around her. Another group of friends also come in. You know, university has a lot. How I hope and pray that as mothers, as leaders, as people who are here who have siblings, who are already at campus or preparing to go at campus, we really do not want to take things for granted. We need to prepare them well. So another group comes up. They also introduce Fiona to another group, another church. And this church promises miracles and solutions to all her problems. But to receive these miracles and solutions, the man of God requires her to sow a seed. And that seed may even amount to her money that is meant for her tuition. And the food or the upkeep that was given to her when she was coming to university. If that is not enough, Fiona might also require to have some private counseling sessions that might even end making her to get, end up making her pregnant or becoming pregnant. So you can imagine how someone's heart can break at what was happening around this poor Fiona. And of course, this is what is happening to so many young women or young people in our generation who are out there at universities and schools. These are people who are passionate, hungry for Lord, for the, for God, but yet they are lost. They don't know the truth. In other words, Fiona is in disaster and whatever is happening to her, she did not have good evangelism or she succumbed to poor evangelism and no discipleship at all. Talking about Fiona and thinking through what happened to her, as a poor girl who came in from the village, of course, sometimes when these girls come to Kampala, they expect a lot to happen. She lands into the hands of some of these of her friends, eh? and now she's lost, totally lost. Poor evangelism, no discipleship at all, and of course she cannot discern, she cannot tell right from wrong. No wonder everyone was leading her wherever they wanted to lead her. As we go about our study today, I'm reminding us that we ought to guard our hearts or let us put our hope in Christ. Let us be on guard. Let us know the principles of the word such that we do not fall into such a trap just like Fiona did. Remember, Fiona is just a representative of the so many in our generation. They might be young people. They might be women. They might be men. They might be Christians. So there is no way we can be quiet when such things are happening. That is why, as an organization, we stand out to remind us that as Christians, when we gave our lives to Christ, when you read Jude 3, 4, there is something that we received once and for all. And since we received that, we need to guard it. We need not to take any chances because the enemy is also looking for those that he can devour, those that he can mislead. Jude helps to show us or to tell us that when we gave our lives to Christ, when he was writing to the Christians then who were being persecuted, he reminded them 
Jude 3, 4 says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. He was reminding them, amidst all the persecution, amidst all the ups and downs, you received something that is special. You have a treasure. The faith that we received as Christians, even in our times, we ought to contend. Contending means defending, being in position to hold fast to the truth that you have and be able to safeguard it against any falsehood. So he was telling them, please contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. When you read verse 4, verse 4 brings out the reason as to why we should contend. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago, have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ as our only sovereign and Lord. So many people out there, it is not enough for you to say that I'm in a healthy church. It takes a woman or a man or a Christian who sets apart time to study the word of God? Otherwise, anything can happen. Even to us who are part of healthy churches. If we do not set apart time to study, to read, to meditate about the word of God. Why do we even so much emphasize that falsehood or false teachings are wrong? What are some of the things that happen to someone who believes things that are false, well, teachings that are not in line with the word of God? First and foremost, when you succumb to such things, it leads you to believing a wrong God. A wrong God. So when, if you've listened into Fiona's story, you realize whatever was being told to her, yes, they were using scripture, they were reading Deuteronomy 28, which is scripture. But whatever was shared in line with Deuteronomy 28 was not in context. So now you imagine such a girl or poor girl ends up believing a wrong God. You also end up having a different version of the body of Christ. When such people approach someone, going back to the example of Fiona, because of whatever she was learning in these so-called fellowships and churches, now she started looking at the rest as her enemies. Whoever came out to help her or challenge her at whatever she was believing, she would look at them as her enemies. So now she's looking at the body of Christ in a different version. She also had a different version of salvation. So you can imagine how these false teachings can impact on us in our generation, some of these groups will teach you that Jesus is not God. Others will tell you that Jesus is one of the so many gods with a small g. Some of you will tell you that, you know what, the Holy Spirit is not God also. He's just like any other force of power, like electricity. He falls on someone, and when he does whatever he wants, he disappears. And yet we know that the Holy Spirit is God. Some of these people also come up and they tell you that this is the only true church. If you want to go to heaven, or if you want to inherit eternal life, you are either part of his church, 
part of the, the church or else you're headed for hell. There are also such groups. There are also those groups who will tell you that, you know, I am the only two prophet. If you want to hear from God, you ought to listen in to me. Or else if you do not heed to what I'm saying, then you're headed for doom. So such teachings will lead someone to have a very wrong view of who God is, of what the body of Christ is, and of course what salvation is all about. If you believe such falsehood, or if someone lands into such falsehood, they also end up having a wrong view of what scripture is. Wrong view of what scripture is, what it says, and how to apply it. Going back to Fiona, reading Deuteronomy 28, yes, they read scripture. But if you look intently, they were misapplying it. That is what it said, yes, but the application or the way they interpreted it was wrong. So if someone lands into the hands of such men and women, you end up having a wrong view of what scripture is. So I am here to remind us, my dears, that let us remember that we received something that we have to hold fast on to, that just like Jude was telling us, that when you gave your lives to Christ, you received that faith and you ought to contend for it or else someone might snatch away that truth from you. We set apart so much time to so many things in our generation and we forget that even the faith that we received has to be guarded in season and out of season. On a daily basis, you always have to go back as a Christian. We are in a generation where people think that prophecy and revelation has substituted the word of God. Men and women are out there looking for the newest revelation. They want to be prophesied upon. What is the Lord telling you? We forget that everything that we need as, script, as Christians is already laid down in the word of God. But we are in a, such a generation. That is why we ought to pause and seek to find out. Or you seek to find out. I seek to find out. Before I run into this fellowship or church or gathering, what do they teach? Are their teachings in line with the word of God? If yes, to God be the glory. If no, then you run away for your life. We are in a generation where people are so depressed, disappointed. They are even angry with God. You can imagine. People are so angry with God. I do ministry on a daily. You meet someone and they tell you, I am literally angry with God. And when you dig deep to find out why, it goes back to the foundation of the teachings that she has been submitting herself to. And when it comes to universities, you realize that there are so many fellowships. I hear Fanero, I hear Zoe, and there are so many other fellowships. They capture these young people. And before you know, if whatever they are telling them does not materialize or come to pass, they are disappointed, depressed, and even angry with God. And of course their reasoning is. Whatever we were taught. Pointed us to. Something. That would lead us to either getting a job. 
or maybe getting a life partner in terms of marriage, or maybe getting a car, you know. They have all those so many empty promises that they tell them. And if these things do not come to pass, these poor young people end up being disappointed. These poor Christians end up being disappointed. And no wonder they end up being angry with God. How I hope and pray that as we think through all this, we are also reminded that we need to go back to the foundation of our Christianity. Go back and have our hope in Christ. Go back and dig and study the word of God such that we are not infected whatsoever with these false religious groups and we are not affected whatsoever. Otherwise, anything can happen to us. People have lost confidence in God. This so-called man of God told me this. It is not happening. So they end up giving up on God. We have a generation of people who are in their homes. They gave up on church. They tell you, I am tired. I have been promised ABCD. I don't get it. So I, I better stay home. They have, they have created a different world altogether. They have nothing to do with the word of God. Disappointed. But why? A so-called man or woman of God introduced them to something that did not materialize and now they have lost all the hope. We have broken marriages as one of the effects of such groups. We are in a generation where someone goes to a so-called church or fellowship and they tell her, you are married to a wrong person. Dump them, we have someone here for you. This is reality, my dears. I met a woman recently who had to leave her home with three children, married in church, but the so-called prophet told her that this is a wrong spouse. She left the home. She was waiting for some other man in church and they wanted to marry them off. What happened after? The other man also got disappointed. He also brought in some other woman in the home. The children were tortured. They ended up on the streets. By the time this woman came back to her senses, it was too late. She couldn't recover her marriage. The children were all lost. And she was like, I wish I knew this truth from day one. Hopefully I would have saved my marriage. Hopefully I would, save, I would have saved my children. And of course she represents so many other families. Some men are also told, dump that woman. We have another one for you. Oh, this woman is not in the will of God. We also have so many teachings these days that are in line with spiritual husbands, spiritual wives. I really want to go into the depth of that. But a lot is happening. And marriages are failing. And where does it come from? It goes back to the falsehood that is being taught to poor Christians who are not discerning, who are not discipled, and no one has taken time to evangelize to them the truth of God's word. People have lost monies. There is a cult expert 
who once said that cultic groups can make you poor overnight. Overnight, in a twinkle of an eye, someone is poor who was rich the other day. And what are some of the things that they keep telling their followers? Maybe you've also heard about them. Give until it hurts. You give until it hurts. Do not give God that which costs you nothing. Test God and see if he will not bless you. These are some of the, the phrases that are being used. People end up sowing their land, their savings. If they are young people, they sow their tuition before you know they are on the streets. People saw their car. There was once this uh, preacher who read John 3.16 and he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only. After reading that, he closed the Bible. So he tells the congregation, When God loved, what did he do? He gave his only. Bring the baskets. So bring your only. And you saw it. Is that only your car, your only car? Your only savings on the account? Is it your only house? Is it the tuition that someone has or maybe some money to do a business? So you can imagine people have lost monies through this. People have confused priorities. This is where we have a generation of young people who are told, ah, ah, you give up on your school. You just follow this organization or you just follow this man of God. If you follow them, all is well. God will give you whatever you need. And we have had young people leaving school because of such lies. People have left jobs recently when uh, we were in uh, Arua, if I remember well. And uh, someone was sharing an experience of a friend who had a very good job well-paying job, taking care of the parents, some siblings who were at school. So, so many people were depending on this young man. So, he meets a so-called prophet who tells this young man that God has called you into full-time ministry, so give up your job. Come here and serve. Poor boy, not discerning at all. Gave up the job. Started now here serving the man of God. But you can imagine all these other people who are affected. The parents, the siblings, because they were depending on him. People have confused priorities. And partly, it is because of the whole falsehood that is around us. I'm still challenging us and reminding us as Christians. Let us be on guard. Let us not leave these things to chance. The faith that we received must be guarded. We must be on guard 24-7. So what can someone do if they are affected? When Paul was writing to Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4.16, he tells Timothy, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I am still encouraging us today 
that let us commit to reading the scriptures daily in its proper context. How the original writers wanted the original hearers to receive it. And of course, if we understand that, then we can also be able to understand how to apply it to us today. We shouldn't just pick a verse from here and there. No. The entire chapters. That is where these cultists hook us from. They'll read for you John 3.16 and they tell you, For God so loved the word and he gave his only. Without even completing the verse. Without even interpreting it the right way. And no wonder the application also ends up being wrong. Wrong interpretation, wrong application. Because if you cannot interpret a verse the right way, then it implies you cannot apply it the right way. Let us commit ourselves to learning the essentials of the Christian faith, who God is, who Jesus Christ is, and the way of salvation. Very key. Who God is, who Jesus Christ is, and the way of salvation. Let us commit to test before we trust. Test before you trust, dear Christian. You are supposed to test every message that comes your way. Need be, whether you're in church, on radio, on television, and someone is trying to share any portion of scripture, have your Bible with you. In our generation, it is even very easy. We have our Bibles on the phones. Maybe you're somewhere in jam, or maybe you're somewhere in a taxi. If you hear anything in terms of a message, don't leave things to chance. As they are sharing, open your Bible. Hopefully you'll be able to safeguard yourself against the falsehood. First Thessalonians 5, 9, 22 tells us, 9, 19 to 22, test all things, hold fast to what is good, and abstain from every form of evil. Watch your heart or guard your heart. We are never content as Christians. We want to compare ourselves to others. We want to receive things overnight. A car, a house, a wife, you know. A lot is running in our minds. We are never content. But I'm here to remind us, let us guard our hearts. Let us watch our hearts such that we do not fall in the traps of the enemy. Watch your spiritual diet. Very important to note. Your spiritual diet. You can be part of a healthy church on Sunday, but during the week, you're part of a fellowship. You meet this so-called prophet or apostle who is off. So watch your spiritual diet. What do you diet on as a Christian? It is easy for a Christian to diet on junk. As a Christian, we need to be on the guard. Spiritual junk is not our portion as true Christians, people who believe in the truth of God's word. So let us watch our spiritual diet. And again, as I conclude in the next few minutes, the only way we can be delivered out of false groups or teachings is by studying the truth of God's word. Study the truth of God's word. When you read the book of First uh, Timothy chapter 4, when Paul was writing to Timothy, he highlighted on some falsehood that was happening then and he was advising him on how to go about it. He didn't tell him that, you know, cast out the demon of this. No, 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 no. 
his advice was teach the truth of God's word. The only antidote against falsehood is for us to go back into understanding the word of God. Let us go back, my dears. Remember, you're either infected or affected by these people. There is no option for you saying, I don't care after I'm in a healthy church. We are in healthy churches, but during the week, we, you know, we have a lot of so many other fellowships that we are part of, and sometimes whatever they teach is absurd, is off. So we need to remember that we received that faith and we need to poop to really guard it. We need to contend for it. If we are to be able to safeguard against the falsehood that is around us. As I close, I'm reminding us that God loves us. He gives us all these warnings and guidelines in scripture because he loves us. He wants to protect you and me and our families. We are so precious to our families, our people, and to our people, and also to God himself. So that is why he comes out to encourage us, to remind us that let us contend for the faith that was once for all given to us. Let us commit ourselves to pressing on to maturity in Christ. Someone who is mature is someone who can discern right from wrong or test right from wrong. If you are not there, then you're young. Someone who can discern or test right from wrong is someone who is Mature. Let us follow the counsel of scripture and it will spare us the grief. Let us follow the counsel of scripture and it will give us the strength that we need as Christians. It will even bring joy and perseverance in our faith and love. Even as we wait on God for the things that we have not received because our hope is in him. We shall have the strength and perseverance to carry on until the end. Even if those things do not come, he's still God. If they come, bless the Lord. If they don't come, still bless the Lord. We don't owe him anything. Or he doesn't owe us anything. We need to be in our positions as Christians. I'm ending with Hebrews 12. And what does it say? Hebrews 12 from 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses are surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which is so easily, which so easily entangles us. And let's run with endurance the rest that is set before us. Looking only at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let us look up to those people who have surrounded us. In this context, they were referring to the faithful saints of, Hib of the, Hib the, the Hebrews who are faithful then. But even in our times, there are people we can always look up to who have really stood the test of time. Of course, Jesus is the chief person that we ought to look up to. But even now or today, we also have so many other Christians who we can also look up to and be encouraged and stand firm 
and contend for the faith that we once for all received and in regard the Lord will help us the Lord will encourage us the Lord will be able to shield us against any destruction to the glory of his name Amen To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research visit us at africanapologetics.org